Okay, I think that means this is on. Good morning. Okay, that's not rhetorical. I, I really mean that. Good morning. Uh, God is very good to us. He's given us another opportunity to come and to be in the company of those of like precious faith, to worship him. I know it's a good morning, and I appreciate your being in attendance uh, at this hour. I also appreciate the opportunity to think with you. It's a good idea, whoever thought of it, uh, to dedicate a Sunday like this to fortifying the family, strengthening the home. I imagine I'm not the only one who sees what's going on, not only in our country, but in the world in general. I imagine I'm not the only one who sees that major changes are taking place all around us. I imagine I'm not the only one who's somewhat concerned by some of what I see. And so we ought to give some time. We ought to uh, devote ourselves for some period of time to meditating on what God thinks about it. Have you ever thought about the idea that God is interested in our young people? You read verses like Ephesians 6 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God is interested in our young people. You think about a verse like Proverbs 22 and 6, the Bible says, If you train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. Now, that verse is interesting to me because it's not a law, but it is a principle. It's a precept and it's sound. That is to say, if you will invest the time to train a child in what is good and what is right and what is acceptable to God, then that will give that child the means to live right for the remainder of his or her life. I know that godly parents do their best to instill virtue in their children and sometimes children do depart from it but but if you train them right then when they're older they at least have the means to recover themselves God is interested in our young people you ever think about the fact that the devil is interested in our young people too I remember several occasions but Daniel 1 always sticks out to me when when Nebuchadnezzar was used to go in and to sack the nation of Israel, did you notice the tactic that he used? He took away the best of the young people, the, those who were of the royal seed, the princes. He says, children in whom was no blemish there in Daniel 1. And he decided to catechize them. I'm going to come back to that term in just a moment. He, he decided to catechize them, that is to say, he was going to feed them with the food from his table. He was going to privilege them and teach them and all the, the wisdom and the learning of the Chaldeans. He was, he was going to make them assimilate into his culture. In so doing, he was going to decimate the potential for recovery for Israel. He was interested in his enemy's young people. The devil is interested in these young people. 
You know, I remember God and uh, Jesus, uh, he's speaking to Peter and he says to him, listen, the devil has desired to have you. He wants to sift you like wheat. Now, why is he interested in Peter? Because he knows Peter's potential for good in advancing God's agenda. He wanted Peter because he knew if he could have him, he could undermine what God wanted done. That's why the devil is interested in these young people. Because he knows if he can get you, he can undermine the future of the church. Then I think about what I'm seeing in our society today. Don't you see it? Don't you see that the world is interested in these young people? Don't you see it that the world has taken the school system and the system that's designed to teach them mathematics, designed to teach them how to use the English language and use that as an engine to catechize our young people? Lead them away from what God says is right. Don't you see what's happening with our uh, with our entertainment, don't you see what's happening with television and movies and books and so forth? Don't we see that these vehicles are being used to teach our children something other than what God says is right? Maybe it's just because of my secular training, but I see that the legal system is being used to enforce the same kinds of things. A war is being raged. For the hearts and minds of our greatest assets, our young people. The devil is using these kinds of things, uh, using the school system and so forth, and, and using entertainment and using man's laws. But, but do you know what God uses? He uses the word of God, doesn't he? Because the word of God is perfect converting the soul. But, but do you know what God uses to make sure that children, that young people have the best opportunity to know what's right, do what's right, and live right so they can enjoy eternity with him? Do you know what God uses? He uses parents. You ever thought about that? He's saying to parents, you need to make sure you, you raise up these young people to go in the way they should go. Proverbs 22 and 6. The word train is an interesting one to me. Uh, I, I looked that word up. I wanted to make sure I understood what it meant because sometimes we think we know what a word means, but until we get in there and study it, we don't really understand. In the Hebrew, that word train means to uh, initiate. It means to imbue. The idea is catechize. Sometimes when I go places and I talk with parents about our children, I talk with them about what we're seeing going on in society. Sometimes the sentiment that I get back from them is, listen, I don't want to force this on them. I want to give them an opportunity to make their own decisions. I, and I understand that. But see, here's the problem. The Bible tells me foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Now, you're going to let a fool make their own eternal decisions without some direction and guidance. And then when you, when you turn over someone who is foolish, and I don't mean that as an insult, I just mean to say, listen, uh, however much you think you know now, as you get a little older, you'll understand that at this age right now, you really don't know much of anything. 
That's not going to hit you until a little later. As much as you might know now, and I'm sure you guys are just as smart as a whip. I'm sure you guys have been blessed by God with magnificent intellect, but you don't have the wisdom yet. You don't have the experience. You don't have God's word in you the way you have to have it to make sure you'll always be right with him. You can't do it without some guidance. And that's why God says to parents, you got to train your children. You have to initiate your children. You have to imbue your children with God's word. You have to catechize. You have to make it your life's business to train your children in the ways of God. That word train in other places is used four times in the Old Testament, and it's translated in those places, dedicate. That is to say that when When my wife came home and gave me the news that uh, we were going to have our first child, right then it was incumbent upon me to make it my life's business to catechize, to initiate my child in, in the ways of God. Teach him the principles. I knew it was a boy from the beginning. I, I just sort of had that in my mind. He was going to be a boy that first one. To teach him. Christian dogma, to teach him what it was going to mean to be a a great servant in God's kingdom, to teach him that whatever he might choose to do in his life, I mean, if he wanted to be a plumber, well, that was great and that was fine. If he wanted to practice law, well, well, that was great and that was fine. Whatever he wanted to do, his life's business was going to be to serve the most high God. And he could do whatever he wanted to do as long as he preached the word of God. We've got to catechize our children. See, here's what happens if we don't. If we don't make it our business to train up our children, the devil will. If we don't make it our business to show them what it means to love God, then the devil will show them what it means to hate him. What I'm saying is your children are going to be raised by someone. Now, either you will raise them to be what God wants them to be. Or the world will raise them to be something that he can't accept. Train. We train up our young people in the way they should go. I've read some some commentaries and people say things like, well, you have to sort of examine your child closely to to understand what his or her strengths might be and and guide him or her into that path in life. And, And maybe there's some truth to that. But but that's not really what that verse is saying. It's not saying if my child is artistically inclined, then I need to enroll them with tutors who can help them develop that. And and that's fine. That's only wisdom. But that's not what that verse is saying. That word way has to do with a manner and order of life. And that verse is telling me that it is my job to initiate my child in the manner of life that they ought to have. 
So then I think about a verse like Jeremiah 10 and 23. The Bible says, oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his own steps. I think about a verse like Proverbs 16 and 25. And the Bible says over there, listen, uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death or destruction. We are to. We are to train our children to go in the way of the the Lord. That's our solemn duty. That is our responsibility. It is the idea of every parent. It is the responsibility of every parent, every grandparent. The responsibility of everyone who is in a in a close relationship with young people where they can influence them to to influence them for good. You know, there have been occasions where uh, I've been out somewhere and I I saw a young person and oftentimes just because uh, I have been there, uh, I see a young boy and he's with his mom. And that was me. I grew up. My mother raised me, you know, and so I just sort of really. Uh, really can uh, associate with that. And I'll see a young boy and he's with his mom and I'll, I'll, I'll go over, you know, when he's right there with his mom. I want his mom to see what I'm doing to make sure I'm not doing something inappropriate. And I'll say, hey, listen, is this your mom? I say, yes. I say, listen, you love this woman with everything you have. You, you respect her every day of your life. You make sure she's taken care of. Now, I tell you that not because there's anything spectacular in the doing. What I'm saying is, even if you're not in a close relationship with young people, you can still give them some encouragement to do what God wants done. You can still spend a couple of moments, take a couple seconds out of your time to try to help somebody else train up children in the way they should go. God wants our young people. So does the devil. God gives us his word to make sure that young people are able to to read it for themselves, to handle it for themselves, to to know it for themselves. But he gives every young person that comes into this world parents to make sure they get off to a good and proper start. So I want us to think for a few moments this morning. I want us to think for a few moments this morning about how this ought to be done. How are we supposed to uh, train up our young people? You know, Proverbs is a a wonderful book. We have all these uh, aphorisms. We have all of these precepts. We have all of these really helpful uh, snippets that that if we understand what they're saying, will will give have profound impact on our daily lives. I mean, they'll help us. But but we've got to drill down into those precepts and make sure we know how to apply them. So what does the Bible tell us about training up our young people? I want to ask you for a second, uh, you young guys. I didn't put you on notice. Sometimes when I'm going to talk to young people, I'll warn them first. You guys make me look good, okay? Make me look good. Your parents are responsible to make sure you know how God wants you to live. Now, when they decided to have you, that's what they committed to do. 
And I'd like to know your idea about how they should do that. What are your parents supposed to do in raising you to make sure you know what God says is good and right? Y'all have any ideas? I don't like to shotgun you, but I'm going to have to because I want to get a couple of ideas. And I know some of you do. What should your parents do to make sure you grow up right? Make sure you're at church. I love this. He said, make sure we're, you're at church every Sunday. What else? One of the ladies. Ladies are smarter than the boys anyway. Helps. You guys develop faster. I know you do. Give me, give me one thing. What should your parents do to make sure you grow up right? To make sure you know what God wants you to do? Communicate with them. Anybody else? Come on now. I, I know your name. I call you by name. Discipline. See, these are parents talking. <laughs> Any ideas? All right. I usually warn the young people, and I didn't do it. Make sure that your children are in church every Sunday. A young person said that. An older person, uh, having been disciplined themselves perhaps and seeing the need to discipline their own, said discipline, communicate. I want to point out a couple of things here in the, in the uh, Bible that can help us to make sure we're training up our children the way that we should, make sure that, that God is going to win in their lives and not the enemy. Number one, parents train up their children by instruction. Do you realize that your children are on loan to you from God? Do you realize that being a parent is really a matter of stewardship? The children are depending on us and God is depending on us to teach our children by principle and precept how to walk in a right relationship with him. Instructions. These are detailed directions on procedures. That means God is expecting parents to tell their children the right things and to give them instructions on how to do the right things. Now, how do parents do that? Parents have to give their children commands, don't they? <clears throat> A command is an order given with authority. God gives parents authority. And with that authority, parents are supposed to give their children Commands. I look at a verse like uh, Proverbs 6 and 20. The Bible says, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. I look at Ephesians 6 and 1. You know, the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then in Colossians 3 and 20, the same idea. Children, obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Now, if God expects children to obey their parents, then I know he expects parents to give them something to obey. There have to be instructions 
Children have to know that there are certain boundaries and certain parameters and there are certain lines you just can't cross in order to be right. Children are not supposed to set their own curfew and decide when they're going to go to bed and decide what they're going to eat and decide, listen to it, when they're going to go to church. And if they're going to read their Bibles and if they're going to study to know what the Bible says and God requires of them, children are not supposed to make their own decisions at these in these kinds of matters. They're supposed to be instructed. That's part of what it means to train up a child. I see a lot of people today who seem to think, well, I'm going to sort of allow my child to figure all of this out on their own. I'm going to give them as as much room as they can, and I'm not going to restrict them from certain things. You know what? If you don't restrict your child, your child isn't going to live very long. I mean to say physically, your child is not going to live very long without some restrictions. And listen, your child is not going to live very long spiritually without some restrictions. God expects parents to command their children in what is right. He expects parents to instruct their children as well by teaching them. Teaching has to do with the impartation of knowledge and skill. Parents have an affirmative duty to teach their children the words and the ways of God. I look at uh, Deuteronomy 4, and that Deuteronomy is just a wonderful book when you think about having to, to instill in a new generation what they have to do to be successful spiritually. But in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9, the Bible says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. Listen to it. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. God expects parents to teach their children. But God expects parents to conduct themselves in such a way that they create a legacy where not only are their children taught, but their grandchildren are being taught as well. And if God blesses grandparents to see their grandchildren, they ought to be involved in making sure they know the word of God. We train up our children by instruction. At a certain point in time, Children are going to begin to inquire. They're going to begin to ask questions. I mean, why do we go to church services uh, every week? And why are we in Bible classes on Wednesday nights? And why do we go back on Sunday nights? And, and why do we spend this time as a family uh, gathered around the table to, to study the word? And why do we pray so very often? And, and why do we do things a little bit differently than somebody else? It is appropriate that at a certain point they're going to begin to ask. And it is appropriate that their parents have good Bible answers. We train up our children by instruction. And that means we give commands, yes, but it also means we sit down to explain. Somebody said communicate. We sit down to teach them so they do grow to have an understanding of their very own about what is right. And when do we begin? I tell you what, we have to begin when they're yet young. I remember that uh, Manoah's wife, you know, when she finds out that she's going to 
To have a child and her child Samuel is to be a Nazarene. The Bible says he's to be a Nazarene from birth. And so she was to begin living a, a set apart, a sanctified life before the child was born. I remember Hannah in, in all of her tumult and all of her anguish when, when, she, when she went to God and she petitioned him for a son and, and she got that son. I hope I didn't say Samuel. It was uh, Samson who was born to Manoah's wife. But, but when Samuel uh, was, was being prayed for, his mom said, I will, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. Listen, this is before he was before he was even conceived. We got to start while children are still yet young. You ask yourself, well, how did Timothy uh, get to be so successful? I mean, the Bible tells us that Timothy's mother and his grandmother also made sure that he knew the scriptures when he was still a little fella. We train up our children by instruction. We got to make sure to teach them what God requires. I sometimes say, though, uh, nobody respects a hypocrite and our children are no different. It's not good enough to go around and tell people what is right if you don't want to live it yourself. You imagine a preacher who gets in the pulpit and tells you every Sunday what God wants you to do. And then he goes home and does the opposite. You lose respect for a person like that. And somebody who doesn't know better may lose some respect for God. Because of a horrible example like that. Hey, listen, your children, they don't respect a hypocrite any more than you do. So it's not going to be enough to give them instruction. You also have to give them a good example. I remark, it's remarkable to me sometimes that when I think about how God teaches us and I look at the ministry of Jesus, you know, Jesus would would tell his disciples, he'd tell those apostles what he wanted them to do, but then he would show them, and, and he would show them so that uh, he would actually have to say to them sometime, these things that I've done, I have done for an example. Now, if I do this, then you know you ought also to do the same thing. He gave them an example. An example. A pattern of a specific kind. A pattern that is to be followed and emulated. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, Paul would say, be ye followers of me as I am follow Christ. He was following Christ's example and living his life in such a way that others could follow his example. And by following his example, they too would be following Christ's example. He was a spiritual father to those people. As parents, we have to do the self-same thing. It's not enough for parents to encourage their children to study the Bible, your children need to see you studying the Bible. It's not enough to encourage your children to pray to God when they wake up in the morning, to pray to God when they go to bed at night and to fill their day with prayer all the while in between. It's not enough for you to tell them that they need to see you doing it. Now, your children are going to follow your example, whether good or bad. Did you know that? Children respect their parents. I mean, it's a natural thing that they they love and respect their parents and they will follow their parents, whether or not their parents set a good example or a bad one. 
So, for example, I look and I see that Abraham, I know he was a good man, but he had a problem with lying, didn't he? And so did his son Isaac. As a matter of fact, Isaac told the self-same lie that Abraham told. I wonder where he learned to tell that story. I look in the Bible and I see a man like King David, and I know he was a man after God's own heart, but he had some weaknesses, didn't he? And it doesn't surprise us, does it, that his son had the same weaknesses. David had a, he had a lack of temperance when it came to women. And so did Solomon. What I'm saying is I know on David's deathbed, he was sitting there and he was talking to his son Solomon and he says to Solomon, listen, you need to know God's word. You need to follow God's word. You need to make sure you walk closely with God and they don't help you to lead his people. But he showed him something different and his son followed it. How many times do we say to our children that they ought to do one thing? But then they turn around and see us doing something different. They don't respect hypocrites any more than we do. The examples are important because your children will follow a bad example, but they'll also follow a good one. Jesus was a carpenter and his earthly father was a carpenter also. Paul was a Pharisee and so was his earthly father. Timothy was a faithful Christian. So was his mother and his grandmother. If parents are loving and long suffering, if parents are respectful and responsible, if parents are temperate and true, if parents are conscientious and committed, if parents are giving and forgiving, children will tend to follow those examples. But if parents like to smoke and drink, if parents are lascivious in their dress and their speech, if parents like to curse and carouse, if parents like to gamble and gossip, if parents like to fornicate and forsake the assembly, then their children will also likely follow those examples. Now, there's not one of us who would look at those bad examples and say that's the way God wants our children to go. There's not one of us. There's not one of us who would say that that's what we want our children to do in life. But if we show them that, don't you see, we're leading them away from the way they should go. Children who have godly parental examples in the home are tremendously blessed. Hey, listen. When I was your age. I didn't know anything about the word of God. I didn't know anything. When I was your age, the little bit of exposure I did have to religion was not consistent with the Bible. I was 27 years old when I became a Christian. I was 27 years old when I decided to pick up the Bible and read it for myself in earnest for the first time. And you know what I thought? I still think. How much of my life has been wasted in ignorance? Just didn't have the opportunity. The fact that you're sitting here says there are some people who know the truth and love you enough that they want to make sure you get it. And you're blessed. A godly parent 
great blessing from God designed to make sure you make it to heaven. See, godly parents are godly parents are a great blessing. In training up our children, we have to make sure that we're that kind of blessing in the lives of our young people. Training up children. We got to give them instruction. We got to set a good example. But it does require discipline also, doesn't it? I mean to say we have to discipline our children. Discipline refers to a systematic method to obtain obedience. More specifically, it refers to punishment that is intended to correct or listen to it. Train. Discipline is a part of training. I remark, so it's just remarkable to me sometimes. I hear people and I read things where, where people suggest that there is something uh, insidious, that there's something evil about disciplining children. Listen, everyone needs to be disciplined. Everyone needs to be corrected. It's just a part of proper training. God expects parents to discipline their children, to make sure they're going the way they should go. Sometimes, guess what? People make poor decisions and they have to be disciplined to come back into alignment with God's word. And sometimes young people make poor decisions. The Bible tells us foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. It's not because they're trying to be wrong. It's because sometimes they just don't fully understand what is right. And how can we say we love our young people? How could we how could we say we love their souls? If we won't take the steps the Bible lays out to bring them back into alignment with God's word to correct them and train them. Discipline. In order to give your words substance, just punishment has to follow broken rules in order to give your guidance some meaning when it is ignored and expectations go willfully unmet there has to be correction if your children begin to think that nothing happens when they choose to disobey you they will stop obeying you and they will stop listening God doesn't work that way and neither should you God expects parents to condemn bad behavior. With their words, yes. But with more than words when it's required. I think about the fact that everyone has to be disciplined when they do what is wrong. And of the many roles that a parent is called upon to play in rearing a child, I mean to say we're to be providers and protectors, yes. We're to be advisors and comforters, yes. We are to be confidants when that is appropriate, but we're also to be disciplinarians when it comes to making sure that our children are right. Now listen, I know sometimes uh, this is not the most comfortable thing for parents to do. I know that. I don't enjoy having to discipline my children, but I love them enough to do it. The Bible tells me that's the way God operates. In Hebrews 12 and 8, the Bible says, but if you be without chastisement, whereof he says, all are partakers, then you are, listen to this, bastards. Bastards. 
and not sons. And people sometimes use that word uh, as a profane term, but really used properly, it's not profane. That term bastards, it, it just means you're illegitimate. You're illegitimate. If God doesn't discipline us, then, then it means he really doesn't love us. He, he really doesn't look at us as his own. If we don't discipline our children, then we are suggesting that we, we really don't love them. Now, listen, we may like them. We may want them to like us. But we don't love them. If we don't do what's necessary to help them be right with God. Parents are going to be judged by God for what they do. And what they fail to do. You remember Eli, don't you? He's a priest there in Israel and uh, he's got all of this position of uh, prominence and he's got this authority that comes with it. And and he's responsible to to lead all of these people in Israel, but he's not leading his own sons very well. And the Bible doesn't suggest that that he never told them what was right. The Bible doesn't suggest that he never showed them what was right. But the Bible does tell us that he was disciplined by God because he failed to restrain them. You have to withstand your own children to the face sometimes because they stand in a position where they deserve to be blamed. As Paul did with Peter, God rejected Eli because he failed to discipline his own sons. First Samuel three, verse 13. There are times in training young people where instruction is not enough. There are times when in training young people, a good example is not enough. There are times in training young people. Where punishment is necessary to advance their training. There are times I have done a full lesson on what the Bible teaches about chastening children. And I'm not going to do that this morning, but but I always like to make sure I sort of give this disclaimer because there is a big difference between disciplining a child and abusing a child. God doesn't approve of abuse. But corporal punishment is not per se abusive. See, the Bible says that uh, the Bible says that those who love their sons will chasten them betimes quickly. Don't spare for his crying. It's not going to kill him. See, that tells me, though, that the kind of the kind of spanking, if you will, that is to be used is not the kind intended to injure I've seen children who've been abused. I've had a front row seat to see it happen different times in my life. God didn't approve of that. You know, you don't hit a child in the face. You don't punch children and things like that. Listen, God designed children. His design is wonderful. Truly, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's designed children in such a way that they have this perfect landing spot for a swinging belt. You know, in my house, we call it a bottom. Now, I can just I can do just about as much as I want to the bottom. He didn't put any vital organs in there. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of cushion, so to speak. 
I'm not going to injure my child doing it the way the Bible says. And sometimes when children won't listen to instruction and follow examples, that's what needs to be done. You know why? Because this is going to teach them that there is punishment for disobedience. The same way that God calls me to discipline you, God disciplines me when I don't listen to him. Better for you to be disciplined now than to have to go and see his face having lived a life of disobedience. That's just part of training children, raising them right. By inspiration, Solomon said, you train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Ordinarily, the vessel retains the savor with which it was first seasoned. One commentator explained it that way. The maxim is true. Proper training of a child will endure throughout his or her life. We train our children by instruction, by example, and by discipline. You see what's going on, don't you? God wants our young people. So does the devil. The devil's got a lot of people out there working on our young people. God has us. And he calls us to train up our own children. Thank you.